This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just trust the process. Just trust the process. All right, Max Crosby. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You know, you may call me crazy, but I think that if any team, no matter what team it is in this in this league, if you play as hard as you can on any given play, I think any team in the league will win the game against whoever. And here we go. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We are live in the Underground Lounge, the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our Monday night spot. We're starting a little bit early because, well, today not only is it Monday Night Football, but it's a Raider game day. So it's very rare that we get these opportunities, but it's a lot of fun when we get these opportunities. Monday Night Football will be on the TVs here in just a little while. The Raiders and the Chiefs as they close out Week 5 of the NFL season for 2022. And it's unbelievable to say that we're already in week five and about to close it out with this Monday night football game. But here we are and uh, very excited about what we're going to see this evening. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a, a really great game, a really great performance. I'm hoping that the Silver and Black are able to come out with a victory. Obviously, they're the underdog in this game. As a matter of fact, they're seven-point underdogs in this game. But that doesn't matter. What matters is what goes on on the field. They showed last week uh, against Denver what they're capable of doing. Uh, when they go ahead and put it all together and they play for four full quarters. So there's a reason why they play the games. Whenever you go through the schedule and you say WWLLWW and you go through that and play that game like we all do, we're bound to get a lot wrong. So, hey, this could be a game that we got wrong. You know, I'll be the first to say that I – I picked the Raiders to lose this game. I just haven't seen them play consistently enough to, to win this game against Kansas City in Kansas City. But, again, that means nothing because they have to go out there on the field, and this might be the best game that they played all season long for all we know and exactly why we get excited for Raider football and excited for Monday Night Football action when the whole league and everyone else is watching you. So uh, this is going to be a great place to watch it at tonight, the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I definitely encourage you to come on by. We have plenty of prizes to give to you. Matter of fact, we pulled out uh, we pulled out the stops today. We even have some LV Aces T-shirts uh, with uh, ESPN Las Vegas on the back of them, our sister station, but uh, the flagship station for the Las Vegas Aces. So if you want some Aces swag, we have that. You want some uh, tickets, we have some UNLV tickets. We have some comedy show tickets. We just have a lot to give out. And, of course, the Oyo always brings us a bunch of prizes as well. So uh, that's one thing I do like to do is when uh, you come by and say what's up, I like to give you something free. You know, that's just kind of my, my way of saying thanks for stopping by and saying what up. So if you're in the area, uh, if you can hear my voice, just come on by the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We'll be here throughout the course of the game. Of course, uh, the pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen will actually get officially started at 3.15. They'll do that from the M Resort. But uh, we'll be here uh, throughout the course of the, of the day getting ready for uh, Raider football. So I know we're starting it a little bit early, but we're going to end it late like I like to do uh, on this Monday night. So got a lot to get to on today's show. Don't have a whole lot of time to do it, but we're going to make it do what it do. My man DeMond Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, as always, making it do what it do. And DeMond, I definitely appreciate you. And uh, we'll get into your thoughts on this game in a minute. Let me go over who's coming up on the show real quick. At 1.30, Vinny Bonsignor, who is live in Kansas City right now from the Morning Tailgate. He is there on uh, assignment, of course, uh, covering the game, and uh, he'll be flying back sometime tomorrow. But Vinny will check in at 1.30 and just talk about this game, talk about uh, the Raiders' side of things, what he thinks that the team needs to do to come away with the victory this evening. Also, he put out a piece that I just saw, and I actually retweeted it. And if you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, you've probably already seen it. Or if you follow Vinny, you've probably seen it as well, uh, at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. He put out a piece on the RJ 
that uh, has to do with Max Crosby and uh, his sobriety and what led to him getting sober. And apparently on the broadcast tonight before Monday Night Football is actually going to be a really good piece on Max Crosby and his, uh, his fiance Rachel is going to be a feature in it as well. And they're just going to talk about the trials and tribulations that they went through uh, as they led up to Max deciding ultimately he needed to get help and check himself into uh, treatment and get sober, which he has been and he is. And now that's you're seeing how much better he's playing and you see just how much better look on life he has and uh, everything is moving fast forward right right now for them they're expecting their baby girl the birth of their baby girl any second now really I mean she's supposed to be born last Monday uh, and she has not yet and so that's always obviously been a conversation piece they've been on baby watch uh, with the organization of course the fan base as well but uh, look forward to this piece on on uh, ESPN this evening on Max Crosby but uh, Vinny wrote a little bit on the RJ so we'll ask him about that as well that's coming up at 1.30. At 2.30, we'll have Mackenzie Nelson from KSHB 41 in Kansas City. She'll actually be uh, at the stadium. She'll probably be on the field doing live hits for her news station, and she'll take a few minutes just to kind of give us the, the lay of the land. You know, what's the vibe like? How long have the fans been there getting lathered up for the game? We know what the environment's like at Allegiant Stadium, right? We know how Raider Nation comes out and, and starts tailgating early. Well, they're going to do it like that in Kansas City, and it's Monday Night Football. Oh, and it's the Raiders as well. So we'll check in with Mackenzie for a few minutes just to get the lay of the land and see how everything is going in preparation for the Raiders and Chiefs Monday night football action. So those are the two guests that we have live. Also on Saturday, we had an opportunity to get uh, go to practice because everything's pushed back a, a, a day since it's Monday night football. So uh, head coach Josh McDaniels talked to us on Saturday morning. And I'll tell you what, Raider Nation, your boy was on a mission. <laughs> I was on the ultimate mission on Saturday. I believe Joshua Daniels talked to us around 9.30. And on Saturday, anyone who's listened to this show for any amount of time knows I like to go and get my hair cut every single Saturday morning. I did not make an appointment because I didn't know what time he was going to talk. And so I wanted to make sure that I, I squared it up in the right time. So as soon as I found out he was talking at 9.30, I made an appointment for 10.30. And now I'll say this, and to Sean Reed, who's sitting next to me from the athletic uh, at the at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Saturday, was laughing when he was like, "There's no way you're going to be able to go to the barbershop, get your hair cut, and get back here in time to get into the locker room." Because anyone who's anyone who's ever been into a barbershop that I would go to knows that usually, Demond, and you know this very well. We like to take our time. A lot of times we're not really on time. We're not as punctual as uh, normal. So I was like, "Well, I'm going to take a chance." And I was telling everyone in the media room, I said, "Look." If McDaniels talks at 9.30, it'll be over no later than 10. I'll make a beeline straight to the barbershop in the cut in Henderson and then get my hair cut and fly back to the, uh, to the facility and be ready for the locker room access at 12.20. And no joke, Damon, I walked into the, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center at 12 o'clock on the dot. I looked at everybody and said, was there ever a question? Was there ever a question I wasn't going to make it? Now, I was cool and collective about it, but in my mind, there was a little bit of doubt that I was going to be able to make that happen, but it worked out all right. <laughs> the worst part about when you go to the barbershop and you're on a tight schedule, you got to be somewhere. Not so much the barber's fault, but if he just tells you, yeah, five, ten minutes, like, let me just finish the, the head right. in front of you. And right. it's like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what the worst thing that you could ever hear when you walk into the barbershop or when you're waiting to get your hair cut? I got one more. <laughs> That's the one phrase you don't want to hear. Oh, I got one more, and then I got you. Then you know that, man, you're in trouble. So, uh, but, but luckily, man, I, I, I walked in there, and I got there a couple minutes early. I probably got there about 10.10, and I was supposed to get my hair cut about 10.20, 10.30. And no joke, I walked in, and my man D was actually waiting for me. He, I mean, the one time I've never, ever walked into the barbershop, unless I was the first dude in the, in the morning, and there not be someone in the chair. Right. And so my man was waiting for me. I jumped right in. 
Bada boom, bada bing. I was back at the facility by noon and made it do what it do. So it was a good, productive Saturday for me. So, uh, yeah, long story short, was able to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels. Also was able to make it into the locker room where I had an opportunity to talk with Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, and even Albert Wilson. And Albert Wilson is the new wide receiver that the Raiders signed on Friday to the practice squad. And they did a lot of uh, moving and shaking as far as uh, roster moves go. We talked about that quite a bit on Friday. But on Saturday was our first opportunity to talk to the coach about those moves and also talk to players in the locker room. So uh, was able to talk to those three guys. So we'll have them on the show as well. Like I said, a lot to get to on today's show. And, of course, Raider Nation, always want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash Tech Line is 69187, keyword r Again, 69187, keyword r So now that you know the guests coming up on the show, you know that you're going to hear from a couple of the Raiders in the locker room uh, post-practice on Saturday. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So normally on a a, a Friday ahead of a game day, we'd always talk about keys to victory. Well, today is actually game day, so we get to talk about keys to victory and what we think it's going to take for the Raiders to go into Arrowhead and get the victory this evening on Monday Night Football and basically let the whole NFL know that, hey, yeah, we got off to a bad start, but we're all right, right? It's, It's only the first quarter of the season is gone, and that's the reality of it. The reality is it's only four games that are in the books, right? The first quarter of the season, and for the most part, most teams around the league, they really treat that like the preseason. I know nobody wants to hear that because there's some successful teams around the league you can look at right now, like the New York Giants, hell, the New York Jets. I mean, there's teams that are making things happen. Uh, The Eagles are still undefeated. But for the most part, every team is really still trying to feel themselves out. I really don't think that we have an idea of who a lot of these teams around the league are. So, uh, you know, again, just because the Raiders got off to a slow start doesn't mean that they cannot compete tonight. Uh, I feel a lot more confident tonight in their opportunity to win this game just because of the talent that they have around them, where as opposed to years before, in my opinion, they didn't have the same talent. So just going into it with the ability to go in there and compete is, is already a step in the right direction. They've just got to put it together. You know, I talked about it on Friday, how I was excited. I wanted to see, you know, this magic that they had talked about, what was going to happen between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. You know, and I, I do. That's, that's one of the big things that I want to see. You know, that's obviously one of the keys to the game, looking like they have a better understanding of Josh McDaniels' offense. And, and honestly, I want to see Josh McDaniels press the right buttons, right? I mean, that was one of the big uh, factors in why I felt like this team was going to be an 11- or 12-win team because the head coach was or is an offensive dude, right? He's a guy that can push all the right buttons, and you see all the success he's had as an offensive coordinator. And I know many have questioned, okay, that was as an OC. What is he going to do as a head coach? Because his record as a head coach isn't that great, which is not. I still think he has an opportunity to be really good, but I want to see it, you know, and, and really this is the big stage. You know, it's Monday Night Football. It's week five. I really don't feel like that there should be any more excuses of, as far as, well, they're trying to get on the same page. They're trying to feel each other out. They're trying to figure out how to use Devontae Adams the correct way. Look, you saw a recipe that worked a week ago uh, when, they, when they ran the rock 28 times and, uh, and, and they were able to have that kind of success with Josh Jacobs on the ground and really led to everything else. And, of course, their, their, uh, their defense was uh, stepped up and made some big-time plays as well. Really don't want to hear any more excuses about, you know, it's early in the season and they're not, they're not on the same page yet. All that should be out the window, right? At, at this point, it should be, okay, full steam ahead. you got three-quarters of the season left starting tonight. So want to know what you think the keys to victory for the Raiders are going to be in, in their efforts to upset the Chiefs tonight. And then if they do win the game, who will be a player or players 
that you make that you think will make an impact in tonight's game? Like, who is it who's going to be the standout player? And what I mean by impact on on Sunday against Denver, like Amik Robertson had a big impact because he recovered the the fumble and scooped and scored, took it to the house, scored a touchdown. You know, Max Crosby had a big impact because he got to Russell Wilson twice. You know, just plays like that. You know, who do you think is going to step up where we're talking about them tomorrow? Like, man, did you see the way so and so played? They really stood up and made a, a you know made a big impact. On the outcome of the game, that's that's what I'm looking for as well. Another another question I have for you. So 702-365-9200. Also the text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. And Demond, I'm gonna start with you. What do you believe are the keys? What are you looking for in tonight's game for the Raiders if they have a chance to upset the Chiefs? I was looking at Patrick Mahomes' his previous stats against the Raiders, and maybe, hey, when they won in 2020, did he throw that many interceptions? Nope, he only threw one. But the one thing that the Raiders did do in that game was control the time of possession. So I do think that the Raiders need to control the time of possession and also touchdowns instead of field goals. We say that all the time, but in this game, yeah. it's more pertinent than ever that you can't have those minus four plays, as we always like to say, that the Raiders, they need to control the rock. And also score yeah. touchdowns when they when they're able to again the red zone. And no, I know it's I agree simple to that. say, but yes, touchdowns. Right. No. No. You're you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that. You have to you have to be able to uh, cash in with touchdowns and not field goals because field goals are not going to beat the Chiefs. They're just not right. I mean, yeah, you can get a field goal maybe at the end to to solidify a, a victory, but you don't you don't want to see Daniel Carlson out there kicking multiple field goals. You don't. So uh, those are a couple good keys right there. As far as the Raiders' victory, one of the big keys that I had uh, that I talked about on the podcast today was you can't allow the Chiefs to have those big plays. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is the Raiders could go on an eight- or nine-play drive, take five, six minutes off the clock, maybe even longer, go down and score. Say they get a touchdown. And then all of a sudden the Chiefs come back in like two plays and they're in the end zone. Like those plays can't happen. Whatever the the Raiders are going to do defensively, they have to force the Chiefs to really work to get in the end zone or work for points in general. Make them – and make Patrick Mahomes in particular show patience and dink and dunk to get down the field. Not not just say, hey, I'm going to you know take this big, long shot. I'm looking for number 24. I'm looking for Abram out there. I'm just going to target him like he's done in the past. You know, that's going to be another key. How is Patrick Graham going to use Jonathan Abram? Because the last few games that, that you've seen uh, Abram out there, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have really targeted him and really gone after him. So how does – and it's not, it's not about hiding him, but how does he use him so he's more effective so that big playability is not there for the Chiefs offense? I mean, that's something that I think is going to be major. And, you know, something that I heard on the way over to the Oyo that I thought was very interesting, and then we'll get some, uh, we'll get some calls and texts uh, here to, to give their, uh, their feedback as well. But something I heard on the way over here that I thought was really, really interesting was – it was on uh, Canty and Carlin. On uh, I was listening on ESPN Las Vegas, of course. That's ESPN national show. And uh, Chris Canty was talking about something that John Harbaugh had told him about not keys to victory, but a recipe for a win. And you know, I know a lot of Raider Nation has been talking about uh, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And you know, really, last week was the first time that you saw the Raiders really commit to the run, having Josh Jacobs carry the ball 28 times, Derek Carr ran the ball seven times, Amir White twice, Devontae Adams had one. So they had 38 total rushes. And then Derek Carr was 21 for 34, so he completed 21 passes. This is something, I want you to pay attention to this, to this game tonight. And this is something I'm going to focus in on just to see if this is actually true or not. I mean, it makes sense on why it would be true, but I found it very intriguing when I heard Chris Canty, longtime NFL player, been there, done that at the the highest level, when I heard him mention this. He said John Harbaugh told him, the number you should target 
every game is 55. And so it really stood out to me when he said 55 because the first thing I thought of was Chandler Jones, and he's really, you know, hasn't gotten off to the start that we all thought. But, but okay, he had my attention. So why am I paying attention to the number 55? He said you have to have 55. That's the number. Total rushes and complete completions combined. 55 total rushes and completions combined. So no, however many times your team runs the rock and how many times your quarterback completes a pass, if it's over 55, that number 55, he said he guarantees a victory. And really this was, had something to do with what they were talking about, the Philadelphia Eagles. And last night the Philadelphia Eagles, or yesterday afternoon, they had 59 completions and, and running the ball. So when you go and look at what the Raiders did against the Broncos, this is what I did. Again, Derek Carr was 21 for 34, and the Raiders ran the ball 38 times. What is that? 59. They got a victory. So, now it's a small sample size, but I just uh, something I want to point out. I want to point out that 55 number. It's something that I just wrote down. I put a circle around it, and I'm going to pay attention throughout the course of the game. Is there a 55 uh, as far as the Raiders go when it comes to running the ball and completions from Derek Carr? If you can have that 55, then, like Chris Candy said, feel really good about the opportunity to get to victory. So that's going to be one of those last-second keys that I'm going to throw in there. Get to that number 55. Because, uh, again, John Harbaugh is a hell of a coach, knows what he's doing, has been there, done that for quite a while. Chris Canty's a guy who, as I mentioned, has done it on the highest level. So, you know, I feel like that there's some, some truth to that. But now I just want to see tonight if the Raiders can achieve that. And maybe that's something we're talking about tomorrow. Right, so just kind of again, it's not something to, to go and bet your bet your house on. You know, don't go and spend the paycheck and, and, and bet a whole bunch of money on it. But at the same time, you know, it's something to pay attention to. Just kind of keep that little nugget in the back of your mind. Fifty five is the number you're looking for. Total rushes and completions total from Derek Carr and then the running back room for the Raiders. Again, they had fifty nine was the number that they had last week against the Denver Broncos, and they picked up their first victory of the season. All right, I just looked at it. I know people don't want to look into the past too much, but in the past four matchups between the Raiders and the Chiefs and the one game where the Raiders, we all know the victory lap game, yeah, that total, that was 57 in your 55 number. Each there of the past three games after that, under 55. Really? Yes. Interesting. Great, great job, Demon. See, there you go. Like I said, I don't want you know, I don't want you to say, well, Q just guaranteed a victory if they get over that 55 number, but it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting, and like I said, when he said it, and the way he said it, it really caught my attention, and it made me immediately come here, sit down at the Oyo, and pull up the box score from last week against the Broncos and realize that the number was 59. So, Raider Nation, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. That number 55 is one that I'm paying attention to, but we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, 702-365-9200, looking for the keys to victory for the Raiders, and also, who do you think is going to be the impact player or players in tonight's game? Hit us up, uh, 69187, keyword r that is the text line, and of course the phone line, as mentioned, seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Happy Monday, gentlemen, and the rest of Raider Nation. Big game tonight. I can't express how much we need this W in Kansas City. Sticking by my prediction from last Friday's show, thirty four twenty four, the Raiders will win. The difference will be the Raiders winning the turnover battle. Chalk it up, gentlemen. Finally, let's talk about San Jose State smacking down Demond's UNLV Running Rebels by the score of forty to seven. Oh, that Rebel meet. That was marinating for five days, and I grilled up prior to the game. was not only delicious, but victory in San Jose was even sweeter. I think it's the only right that DeMond owes 33 push-ups for the amount of points they lost by last Friday night. A box of tissue has already been mailed out to DeMond to wipe them rebel tears. Once again, go San Jose State Spartans. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. <laughs> he really went in-depth on that one, DeMond. He got you good on that one. 
He really did. The 33 push-ups was the most surprising part. I didn't put anything on the line about push-ups. Uh, me and Big Jose in San Jose, we did have a bet about uh, I owe him breakfast the next time he comes out. You know, I, w- did, I did you make, really? I did make some side bets, yes. <laughs> I, I did have a little bit riding on the line. And it was not just you. I tweeted out, I've got people texting me about the Rebels that don't never text me about a Rebel game. <laughs> it wasn't just you. It was like also people who I know that listen to the show. And it's like, hey, right. man, it's not looking too good. Man, it, it was, and I, I felt really bad for you, too, because I was watching that game, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. This could really show who the Rebels are going to be. And then all of a sudden, it got out of control quick, and then Brunfield gets injured, and you knew it wasn't going to be very good. And your response to one of my texts was, uh, the, uh, the, the, the comeback's going to be epic. And I, I just lost it then. I said, all right, hey, I respect that, man. It, it, the, the spirit is real. Demond said the comeback is going to be epic, and the Rebels go on to lose 40-7. to And now it looks like Doug Brunfield's going to be out this week, and they got Air Force coming to town. So... Uh, that's going to be a tough one. But uh, let's get back to Raider football, 702-365-9200. Also, the text line, 69187, keyword r Keys to victory, what's it going to take for the Raiders to get a win in Kansas City? And who are going to be the impact player or players that we'll be talking about on tomorrow's show? Uh, let's go out to the phone line and talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Um, Chilling. Hey, first of all, we got to go out there with some tenacity, man. we got to get Derek Carr fired up. And, uh, you know, Mahomes is going to take some shots. We all know that. Um, but when, you know, when the chips get stacked against us, Carr needs to go out and he needs to not like have that look of self-defeat. He needs to keep our team motivated and everybody, all the whole team's got to lift each other up. So that's to me, that's like key one is keep that tenacity in the entire game. Uh, key two, you know, as far as defense goes, uh, Kelsey, uh, you know, JT hit, hit on it earlier, but I've been thinking about that all week, um, about like, you know, how someone hit him at the line and then someone covering them and, uh, you know, make sure we're covering them over the middle. And, you know, years past, you know, I, I really like Amik Robertson, but he's not a very tall guy. You know, we've had no. other guys in the, in, in the past, you know, uh, <laughs> cover uh, Kelsey, and Mahomes just, like, throws it uh, above his head. And it's like some bully brother just holding the football from you, you know. So we got to have uh, a cornerback or a safety covering Kelsey, um, you know, that's, got some height on them. So, you know, I think for defense, that's a key element. And then for offense, uh, you know, we just got to bring it to the table. We got to pound that rock. We got to convert uh, third downs. Uh, like everybody's been saying, we got to score in the red zone. But I think, I think a lot of it is, is like, I want to see some motioning from this team. You know, I want to see, it ain't got to be trick plays, but I want to see like you, you keep running something or you set something up to, you know, uh, have a big play or something else down the field, you know, and Carr cannot turn the ball over. It seems like it's like, I can't tell you how many Chiefs games I've watched, and it seems like Carr is just like a turnover machine. So we got, we just got to keep driving the ball, and we got to, you know, get some up tempo, and we just got to, you know, keep hammering it down their throat, man, and not give up. So Raider Nation for life. You get, love you guys. Take care. Hey, good call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, as far as the Travis Kelsey element, you know, obviously that's going to be uh, the one that everyone's paying attention to. How do the Raiders try to slow him down? Because he's, well, one, he's a killer. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends in the league, you know, top three, and you can put him any place you want, one, two, or three, and you're you're still winning, right? I mean, it's obviously it's him, Kittle, and, and Waller, and I don't care what order you put him in, but he's just been a killer for so long. I, you know, I've, I've really kind of gone into this game with the idea, and this is just my idea in my head. Who knows how Patrick Graham's going to really defend him tonight? We'll ask Vinny uh, Bonsignor that around 1.30 when we talk to him. I think that this is a game that you might see Trayvon Merrick, you know, kind of 
kind of shadowing him today. I mean, again, and I know there's some people that are kind of low on Trayvon Merrick and think he's a bust. I'm not one. Uh, I've seen what he was able to do at TCU and how he was able to be versatile, not only play that deep safety role, but come up to the, the line and, and, you know, go up against a tight end. Now, no, nobody in the Big 12 was Travis Kelsey. Let's not get it twisted. But he still had the opportunity and the ability to do that. I think that this might be a game where you see uh, Trayvon Merrick really called early and often uh, because of the Travis Kelsey factor. But, again, that's something that uh, Patrick Graham is going to have to decide how he plans on uh, defending him. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Let's go to Santa Clara. Go out to Great America. Talk to Raider Ness. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Good talking to you, like yes, always. Thank you for putting me through, Demond. Um, it's, it's very simple. Uh, one, you come out and you hit them in the mouth as hard as you can. You just do that. You have to. you got to swing like Rocky, like Rocky Marciano. Hit him right in the freaking chin. Then the next thing, I'm just going on what you guys are talking about. Let's not mess around with who are we going to put on Kelsey? Who are we going to put on Kelsey? We're going to put on our best defensive player in the backfield, Nate Hobbs. Put Nate Hobbs on Kelsey until the very end of the game. I don't care if we're winning by like 10 points in the fourth quarter. You don't take that boy Hobbs off Kelsey until it says 0-0, colon, 0-0, fourth quarter. (laughs) And I believe that that's how we can win. That's a good thought. Hey, Raider Ness, thank you for the call. And, yeah, I mean, you could always, uh, you know, put Nate Hobbs on him. If you put Nate Hobbs on him, that's a, that's a good option, right? You know, and then you have the, the, uh, the two safeties playing deep. So that, that works. And then, you, you know, you have to slide, what, uh, Amik Robertson. You have to put him somewhere uh, probably on the outside. And, you know, of course, that's a little bit challenging because of his height. But he's also, he's also shown that he, uh, you know, he has a lot of bark behind that. That uh, that or a lot of bite behind that bark as well. I mean, the dude is is a is a go getter, man. He's going to give you everything he's got. So I can see that. You know, that's a that's a good thought right there. Uh, let's take one more quick call. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Q, hey, Demond, hey, great show. Hey, uh, I think the key to tonight's game is going to be Kelsey, like the other caller. I mean, you got to slow this guy down. You might not stop him, but you got to slow him down. He's, and also the other key. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Derek Carr hater or anything like that. But if you elite, you need to play elite tonight against an elite quarterback. Show me that you elite. Everybody, all yeah. these people saying he's great. I understand that. But show me you great tonight. This is the game that you show the Monday night you on national. Yeah. Everybody's watching. Show me tonight. And also, just run the ball, man, inside the when you get inside the 10. So many teams lost yesterday because they kept throwing inside the 10 instead of running the ball. So just show me tonight that you're an elite quarterback against another elite quarterback. So that's it. It's real simple. Tackle and, and just go. Just play. Just play. We, we should be okay if we do everything we're supposed to. But the key is Carr. He's got to show that he's elite like uh, Mahomes and there. All these people say he is, so let's see. Okay. Hey, good stuff, man. And, yeah, look, this is what I'm talking about as well, man. I, I like that call and your thoughts. It's the big stage, man. It's Monday Night Football, you know, and, and we all off season, including myself, all summer long talked about Derek Carr is, is right up there, you know, with, with some of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's very accurate. He's going to have a good rapport with his weapons and in, in, uh, Darren Waller and, and uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, and this offense is going to be able to compete with anyone. Well, now it's time to show it, right? My, my man P.E. in North Carolina always says show and prove. Show and prove. Well, tonight's the night. Tonight is the night. I mean, this is what you go and get a Devontae Adams for, right? You go and get him for this big stage. You go get him to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you have to knock off the team that has ran the division for as long as they have. That's one of the main reasons why you go get him. So show it. Show, show what he brings to the table. Show how elite he is. We all know he's, you know, the best wide receiver in the league, but show how the best wide receiver in the league works with your team. 
I agree with you, Raider Mac, 100%. You know, and it's not me trying to dog Derek Carr. It's just like, okay, hey, like I, I said earlier, I, I'm done with the, it's, you know, the, you're trying to get on the same page. And, oh, we're trying to learn a new offense. Is that, okay, great. <laughs> you know, you had all the same amount of time. Matter of fact, you had more during the, uh, the you know, the offseason, the preseason, training camp and all that because you started a week early. So if you ain't on the same page by now, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's, it's going to be too late when you're in week 12. You're like, hey, guess what? We figured it out, guys. We know how to. No, man, that's too late. You got to start it now. You already kind of sacrificed the first uh, quarter of the season. Now you have the rest of the way to go. You got to get, get on the horse and start, start, start rolling. Start rolling this evening. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to guarantee a victory, but at least look like, you're, look like you're all on the same page and that you could be one of the better teams in the league. I know that they have more talent than one and three. That's for damn sure. They're way more talented than a one and three team. I think they're t- more talented than the four and one New York Giants, but the jo- New York Giants are four and one. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's teams around the league. I think they're more talented than the Eagles, but the Eagles are five and zero. Oh. So there's there's a there's a lot of teams that I think that the Raiders have more talent than on paper, but they don't have a better record. Hell, the Chargers barely squeaked away with the victory. They got three wins on the season. I think they're more talented than the Chargers. One twenty-eight is the time. We'll get our thoughts from Vinny Bonsignor from the morning tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920 as well as the RJ. He's live in Kansas City. We'll check in with him next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. We are live inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our Monday night spot. Every single Monday night we prepare for Monday night football. And tonight's a special one as the Raiders are in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs, closing out week five. And our guy that is on the spot is Vinny Bonsignor. You can hear him every morning on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Of course, you can read all his work on the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a fantastic job with both. And, Vinny, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And, you know, I was asking the question, about the keys to victory, what is it going to take for the Raiders to upset the Chiefs, and then who's a player or players to be looking out for that can make an impact? So uh, with part two, who do you think could be an impact player for the Raiders tonight if they, if they are going to pull off the upset against the Chiefs? Yeah, uh, and thanks for having me. I'm a firm believer that star players um, shine in big moments like this. This is the biggest stage in football, Monday Night Football. It's an AFC must-have win. Uh, for the Raiders against a bitter rival in the Kansas City Chiefs. And they went out and paid big money to go get Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and keep you know Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller, obviously. So to me, all their star players need to show up today, including Derek Carr. Uh, this is a must-win for them. Uh, and these are the stages that star players step up in. So I'm going to go with the big dogs uh, tonight. Everyone else has to do their job, obviously. Uh, and I'll throw Nate Hobbs in there as well. Uh, and if Denzel Perryman looks like he's you know good to go, um, hopefully we see him out on the field uh, tonight coming off the concussion. But the star players need to shine tonight, period, exclamation point. I agree 100%. And we had someone call in uh, before you came on and was talking about uh, guarding Travis Kelsey. And obviously he's been a Raider killer. And he said, hey, you know what? Put Nate Hobbs on him. Just say, tell Nate Hobbs that this is your assignment for the night. What are your thoughts on Hobbs on Kelsey all night? I think he'll definitely get some opportunities uh, against Travis Kelsey. I think one of the ways that you really I – mean, no, nobody's going to single-handedly defend Travis Kelsey. Right. It's kind of impossible. Right. Um, what I'm thinking more along the lines of is structured defensive schemes and defensive looks 
that take away that read uh, from Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to do it all the time, obviously. That's a go-to player for him, and he's going to feed Travis Kelsey without question. But there are times when you do things structurally where you can um, you know, at least give the appearance that he's defended and force Patrick Mahomes to maybe move off of him and throw to somebody else. So uh, I'm curious on how Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, is going to handle that. What kind of looks he's going to give Patrick Mahomes to make him think twice about throwing in that direction uh, and, and you know, go on to his next read. Yeah, no, that's obviously uh, one of the big questions. Defensively, I think I have more questions about this game defensively than I even do on the offensive side of things. When it comes to Jonathan Abram, how about him? He's been a guy that Patrick Mahomes has been targeting uh, the last few times that they've played. Uh, how do you think Patrick Graham puts him in a better position to succeed tonight? Yeah, uh, and I give Jonathan a, a lot of credit. He's, he's turned himself into a good player, especially when used correctly. Uh, and, but I think yeah. that um, – and they'll, you'll probably see him run uh, with Travis Kelsey uh, every so often because, you know, Andy Reid is a mastermind uh, along with Eric Bieniemy in creating those types of matchups. And sometimes the way things work out, you're going to be stuck, um, you know, in a situation that might not be ideal for you defensively, and that might be Jonathan Abram on a Travis Kelsey at some points uh, where he's going to have to turn and run with them and stay with them and try to do the best that he can. But I think more importantly – um, you know, and, and more abundantly, you're going to see Jonathan Abram doing what he's doing, rushing the passer, uh, defending zone uh, areas of the field where he's not asked to do so much on the one-on-one uh, end of it. Sometimes, obviously, he's going to give up completions, but tackling the guy to the ground immediately rather than let him get out and run for another six, seven, eight yards uh, to get a key first down or extend a play. So uh, for, for Jonathan, I think it's just kind of stick to doing what he's been doing and doing well uh, when used correctly. He's been doing well this season. He really has. I know the last game he you know, got a little squirrely, but still, uh, I think he's been doing pretty well so far uh, this season. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor from uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes, we all know that he's spectacular in the pocket when it comes to escaping and extending the plays and creating time. And with the Raiders, we know that earlier in that Cardinals game, they said, hey, we have to rush Kyler Murray differently. Do you think that they're going to take that same approach when it comes to Patrick Mahomes? At times, uh, yeah. But I also think that it's important, uh, frankly, to get up in Patrick Mahomes' face and get him to the ground, too. Uh, I think you have to be aggressive uh, in how you uh, defend him. Because the thing that he does do, he's not the runner necessarily. I mean, he's going to definitely pick up some yards uh, with his legs. But he's a guy that can just scurry around back there and run around back there until he finds somebody open. And that tests your discipline on your back end, your patience on your back end, because guys want to come in and help. Um, so it tests you mentally uh, and physically, obviously, uh, when, he's at, when he's back there running around. And it puts a lot of stress on the defense. The best bet for the Raiders, get after him, get to him, and get him to the ground. And also, when it comes to this Raiders pass rush, do you think that we're going to see maybe some combinations that we haven't seen before, mainly with Chandler Jones? Do you think that in this game, if he's not stepping up, that we should see more of a Malcolm Kuntz or maybe someone else that hasn't gotten enough reps at an over on the edge? Well, you know, last week uh, we did see Malcolm Kuntz, and he was rushing uh, a lot of times to the inside of Chandler Jones. And if you go back and watch that game last week, Chandler Jones kind of came alive in that second half. He, wasn't getting, he didn't get to the quarterback uh, in t- terms of uh, actual sack that he recorded, uh, but he was in on some plays and creating some havoc and getting uh, pressure on the quarterback, and that was a step in the right direction. And, um, you know, when you did see Malcolm, he was to the inside of Chandler Jones doing his thing as well. So I think what you're seeing is some different combinations in that regard where they both get on the field 
uh, at the same time. And, and when we watch this Raiders defense, to me, you're seeing things sort of grow and prosper under Patrick Graham. What we're seeing, what we saw last week, didn't necessarily see the week before or the week before that. Uh, I think he continually adds on to it. I think he's getting a better feel for his personnel and for his players and what they're capable of doing. And I think as the season goes on, probably starting tonight, you're going to see different subtleties each game uh, in how he aligns players, how he schemes it up, the personnel groupings, and what he asks of guys. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, talking about tonight's Monday night football game as we're here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. And Vinny, as far as Josh Jacobs go, we saw him break out last week against Denver, 144 yards on the ground. I know Kansas City has a good run defense, a little skewed because they didn't really uh, have to stop defend the run last week against Tampa Bay as they only ran the ball six times. But is that the recipe for the Raiders offensively? Run Jacobs, run Jacobs, run Jacobs, let Carr uh, come up with some big throws to his weapons in Waller and in Adams and Renfro. Yeah, I think the Raiders want to definitely get to that. Um, just balance, you know, and we've talked about this so many times, Q. Part of being able to create balance is also keeping the score within where, where it needs to be, whether you're playing for a head uh, or it's a close game. Uh, you can't let the Chiefs get out in front of you by two scores because then you're going to have to, I, I wouldn't say abandon the run, but it becomes secondary uh, to trying to make big plays down the field to try to catch up. Um, so I think it's incumbent on the Raiders to either get a lead, maybe a big lead, <laughs> we'll see, um, or just get the lead so that they can play the game more on their terms. And that also includes, as we've talked about so many times as well, um, doing right on early downs so that you're putting yourself in a position in those third and manageables where you can actually run it sometimes, um, you know, and, and go get a first down on third down on a third and three, on a third and two, rather than always looking at third and six, third and eight, third and 13, uh, whatever the case might be. Uh, so it's, it's, it's creating the balance by playing a game that is more on your terms than the other teams. You know, Vinny, one of the things that I started the show by saying was, I don't want to hear these guys are trying to get on the same page and trying to figure out the offense and they're trying to learn it. Look, they're a quarter away through the season now. Now is the time to start you know, executing the offense like they have a firm grasp. They could learn more later, but now they've got to start, you know, really executing on a high level. What are your thoughts on what you're going to see tonight? Do you think you're going to see a, a, a precision offense that's a lot better than what we've seen so far through the first four weeks? Well, if the Raiders want to win, uh, they have to be. And um, like the fact that it looks like uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be back, uh, they're going to finally kind of have their full uh, arsenal of weapons, the one uh, that, they, that they envision coming into the season. And I think it comes at a good time because, as you said, um, you know, they've, they've, they've played now for a month or so, um, and they've gotten a, a feel for this offense, and, you know, they're continuing to tinker and, and add on to it. But, but by now you should at least master what you know uh, and be able to be uh, and pull it off with an efficient and uh, precision in a proficient and, 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 and uh, precise, precise manner. So um, I think that, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to go out and, and say this and predict this and guarantee it, but I just feel like at some point, this Raider offense is going to start clicking. Now would be the perfect time uh, in a game like <laughs> yeah. this. But there's, but there's a, there's a. I wouldn't say an explosion, but there's a, there's a, there, something's coming with this Raiders offense. We, we've seen a fraction of what it's capable of doing, and when it's able to do what it is capable of doing, it can be a scary sight. Yeah, we've seen glimpses, but we haven't seen the full meal deal for throughout the course of a game. So uh, I feel like it's there. We just haven't seen it. And, Damon, we'll get to you in one second. I do want to ask about Justin Heron. He was put on IR on Friday. He's out with the torn ACL, and he was the he was the jumbo guy. He was the sixth offensive lineman. He was playing that, that tight end role, that blocking tight end role. How big of a loss, in your opinion, is uh, Heron for the year? 
Yeah, because I think that the Raiders were also, um, you know, gearing him up to maybe uh, be a be a starter or at least compete for a starting job. Um, you know, Foster Moreau is questionable um, on the injury yep. report. That's basically his role that that Heron was playing. You know, that inline uh, blocker uh, uh, alongside your right tackle or sometimes even your left tackle. So uh, see if Foster, you know, if Foster is going to be out there. But yeah, uh, it's a loss because they liked uh, Justin Heron. They liked the upside. Yeah, uh, they liked his familiarity with the offense. So uh, anytime you lose somebody that that you were counting on, it's a big deal. Speaking on the injury report, when it comes to Denzel Perryman, we know that he's going to play. But what does that mean for Blake Martinez, a player that was elevated from the practice squad to the active roster so quickly? Yeah, uh, and not just elevated; he was signed uh, to the active roster, so uh, he's he's on the fifty-three man roster. I think I think more you know it, more pertinently, um, it's going to be the young uh, you know backup linebackers and what becomes uh, of their role uh, now moving forward. You have an experienced Blake Martinez. Uh, in the fold, and that's only you know the the, the more better players, the better off uh, you're going to be. So um, you know, and I think that is also coverage for Denzel Perryman because he is coming off the concussion. Uh, yes, he was cleared to play um, and practice fully uh, on Saturday, so that's a good sign that he's going to be able to be out there. But um, you also want to be guarded about it, and I think Blake Martinez definitely offers you some some coverage just in case something else happens to Denzel. Right, and then Jayon Brown has already been officially ruled out for uh, yep. for tonight, so that that's a loss right there. So I do expect to see uh, Blake Martinez a few times in this evening's game. Well, finally, and I guess I should have led off with this, uh, where are we when it comes to Max Crosby and Baby Watch? Well, as far as I know, he's here in Kansas City, um, and okay. everything is, uh, is a green light uh, for tonight. Uh, I would imagine that, uh, that when they get on the charter tonight after the game, it's going to be on super uh, turbo charge to get back home uh, just <laughs> right. so that he can land and be there uh, with his fiance. Uh, but, yeah, as far as I know, uh, he's playing. But, you know, uh, with these, these, these situations, um, you know, uh, unfold on their own timeline. So uh, the hope is he's going to play. But, you know, we still have three, four hours before the game starts. So um, we shall see. Right, no doubt. And you know what? I said that that was the last one, but I saw the piece that you put out. I retweeted it, as a matter of fact, on the RJ about Max Crosby and the feature that they're going to do on ESPN tonight about his addiction and where they overcame and what they had to go through and, and where he's at right now. And really, just reading your piece, it was already kind of eye-opening on some things I didn't even know. Uh, so just uh, explain to everybody what it was that, uh, you know, that you wrote on the RJ that they can look out for tonight on the uh, broadcast. Yeah, uh, I would I would urge everybody to watch it um, because we all know uh, somebody uh, or whether it's ourselves, somebody that we know, a loved one, a colleague uh, that might be you know battling something, whether it's mental illness or addiction, whatever the case might be. Uh, right. I think that you know Max and Rachel, uh, his fiance, uh, it's such an inspiring story. I got a chance to watch the video uh, that they're gonna that they're gonna uh, do on on uh, Monday Night Countdown tonight. Of, I think it's four oh five or somewhere in that window. Um, but it was really um, heartfelt. It was enlightening. Um, there were some, I would say, shocking, uh, because I think we could all use our imagination, um, you know, when, when somebody's dealing uh, with what he was dealing with and what they were going through. Uh, but there were some trying times, uh, and I give his fiance a ton of credit. She stuck by him the entire time. It was really one of the reasons why he is where he is right now, because she wasn't going to give up uh, on that relationship or Max Crosby. Uh, and, you know, finally Max Crosby, and, and he'll detail uh, in, in, the, in the piece, you know, the crossroads that he finally found himself at and, and where he was and what the situation was and, and where he finally said, you know what, this isn't getting it done, i got to get help. Um, and I think it's, it's so, to me, refreshing 
uh, to see somebody like Max Crosby, who's so willing to share his story, um, you know, and, and it's raw and it's real. Um, he gets into some pretty deep stuff. And I'm sure that, and hopefully, if somebody is in a similar circumstance uh, out there that can watch this and maybe be uh, inspired by it to make the changes uh, that they want to make uh, in their life, um, hopefully that happens. And I think Max, you know, moving forward, wants to use his story, as does Darren Waller, uh, as an example and an inspiration. It's never, ever too late to change your life. We all have that ability, um, and it all is, is available to us. And sometimes just being honest with ourselves and looking at ourselves in the mirror and getting the help that we deserve and, and should get. Yeah, well, just the, the piece that you put out there was awesome. So I, I can only imagine what the video is going to be like tonight when it's aired on ESPN. I definitely look forward to that. Uh, so great stuff, Vinny. Great job uh, reporting from Kansas City. I know it's going to be a hell of an event this evening there at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, thanks so much for your time, my man. Enjoy the game and have safe travels back. All right, likewise. You too, guys. All right, there he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. Fantastic job as always. You can catch him every single morning on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, all his writings are for the RJ. The Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic job. And, yeah, definitely pay attention to the broadcast at 4.05 when uh, they have that piece on Max Crosby because I do believe it's going to be really stinking good. 1.48 at the time. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Come on by. We're preparing for Monday Night Football. Raiders and Chiefs. Come on by, get hooked up with some swag, get some uh, good drink specials, get some good food specials, some tickets. I got all kind of stuff for you. I'm willing to give it out because that's just what I do. My man Vice Raiders in the building, so you know it's official like a referee's whistle. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino is our spot. Monday Night Football is where we're always at, and, of course, tonight, is a lot more special since it is the Raiders and Chiefs big-time rivalry game. Raiders are in Kansas City. All eyes are on them. What a great time to have a great time, right? It's a great day to have a great game for the Silver and Black. Go out there and show everyone in the league what this, the Raiders are really all about. They're going to have to put that out on the field later on this evening. But this is the spot to watch the game at. A lot of people have been hitting me up. Q, where do we watch the game? Right here. Right here is good. Uh, the, un- the, the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and casino on Saturday we had an opportunity to get into inside the Raiders locker room following practice and talk to multiple guys and one of the first people that myself and Adam Hill and I believe Levi Edwards as well from Raiders.com had a chance to talk to was uh, Albert Wilson they just signed him on Friday to the practice squad so just kind of wanted to get an idea from him of what he thought his role was you know what to expect from him and just how he felt to be a Raider so here's that conversation in the Raiders locker room post-practice. So first of all, just how did this opportunity come about and how exciting is it for you to be here? Um, really was just sitting at home waiting for a chance. Um, got the call, came up here, had a pretty good workout, and, and that was it pretty how, much. How tough has it been for you to watch games on Sundays? Oh, man, it, it's been very tough from, for the past seven, eight, nine years, been preparing for those Sundays and then being at home. It was, it was kind of a challenge, but, you know, I stayed prepared, so ready for the opportunity. What has the first couple of days of practice felt like for you trying to get into the swing of things? Uh, I felt trying to get my legs under me, um, flying from Florida, getting in, get right into it. Um, legs kind of heavy, but um, playbook-wise, similar to what I ran in Miami my first couple of years. So um, that's that's coming along well. Just just got to get myself in, in, in football shape. Obviously, they're down to four receivers on the active roster now. I mean, have they talked to you about maybe coming up for Monday? And how quickly could you be ready to actually do that? Oh, man, that's all I love to coach, man. I don't have no worry for that one. But how, how quickly could you be able to? I mean, would you be able Oh, to man, what they need me to do, I came in ready to play whatever day they need me to play, for sure. How tough is this system to pick up? Um, like I was saying, it's, it's similar to what I ran in Miami my first my first uh, couple years in Miami. So not too different. A couple of terminology changed, but 
you know, just come in and get to work. Hey, don't let this be a regular. This is our locker room. For sure. <laughs> Oh man, it's been great. Um, the guys welcome me with open arms. It's, it's been a, a blessing to come to a team like this, a locker room like this, for sure. When you look at the weapons that this team has, you know, what, what, what do you think? Just how explosive can this offense be? Very, man. Is is <laughs> never mind. Right. My my, my, my my guy said um, no comment. So no comment. Keep it regular. <laughs> Man, you've been in Miami, so you guys uh, you guys played uh, the Raiders a couple of times while you were down there. When you look at uh, this defense, you know, what was your thoughts on it before you got here? Oh, man, just the history of the defense. I feel like it's, it's been like that since forever, and I think uh, the coaches here does a great job of preaching that to the players, and I think the guys come in and, and wear that on their shoulders. How good is Keelan Cole as a teammate? Oh, man, he he's the best, man. He's, he's a great guy, man. One of the guys, I ask him any question I need to ask, he's going to give me the right answer. So to have somebody like that on your side, it's, it's a good thing. There's a new Raider wide receiver, Albert Wilson, and Keelan Cole also made an appearance on that uh, conversation. He's a locker mate right there with Albert Wilson. And it's so funny uh, what Keelan told him. I asked him, and I, I think I worded it in incorrectly. I was really just trying to ask him about being on a team with as many different guys as they have and the talent that they have on the roster. And instead, I really was talking about the expectations of the offense. And so Keelan Cole jumped in, and this was actually, in my opinion, good looking out. I was like, no, don't say, and then you heard the bleep. So you can imagine the word he said, don't say nothing. And then afterwards, after we finished recording, he was like, look, I'm just trying to, you know, my man just got to the team, just trying to make sure he, he, he keeps on the spot. Like, he's not trying to get him in trouble day one. So, you know, the coaching staff has always said to, you know, keep everything very vanilla when it comes to the media. And I don't think that that would have been a big no-no, but at least, you know, Keelan Cole was out there kind of looking out for him. And so uh, you heard what he said. Hey, my, uh, my, 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 my mate there said, uh, said no comment. So, that, again, that's okay. I, I'm all right with that. But uh, he's just ready to, to perform if, if need be, if they're going to call on him. Who knows? I would think it would be a little fast to get him out in action today, but we will see. 157 is the time. We'll definitely take your calls on the other side at 702-365-9200. Again, we are at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino for Monday Night Football. This is Rain Nation Radio 920.